0: This is Regards, My Dear by Ellen Bennett from the Black Cherry Anthology, which is available on Amazon. You can find Ellen Bennett at lmbennett.com. The first time they met was when Will delivered the new desktop tower. She rushed through the introduction, but Wilhelmina, call me Will, Briggs was the tech who would be assisting her today. Thayer had noticed how the taller woman appeared to look away too quickly when their eyes met. But IT people weren't the most deft at basic social interactions, so she thought nothing of it. But then they both reached for the mouse at the same time, Will's warm hand covering hers for a hot second. And this time it was Thayer pulling away as if she had been burned, the heat from that single accidental touch creeping up into her cheeks. Before her head snapped back to the screen, she caught Will looking down, a pair of dark lashes fluttering against dimpled cheeks, and she swallowed hard. I've got to uh, uh, go get a part, Will said, looking startled. Just, uh, yeah, I'll be back. Okay, Thayer said, nodding dumbly. Will didn't come back. Not for the rest of the day, or the day after, not even when Thayer put in a ticket for something stupid she already knew how to fix. When dorky Donnie arrived at her desk that afternoon instead of Will, she forced a smile and sat through his fumbling around her computer. The cherry on the top of all that was when she saw Will an hour later hunched over Jaleesa's computer, saying something to make her laugh and tuck her braids behind her ear. Ugh, of all people...
1: All right, tonight you guys, i right am here with King Bren. He's a fellow podcaster and also a blogger. Hello King, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. How are you today?
1: I'm good. Thank you. And thank you so much for gracing the podcast. I'm so happy.
2: I'm happy too. I'm excited. Again, thank you for having me on. Thank you for inviting me on. Um I love I love collaborating with with other podcasters out there so i'm really excited to get this going
1: yes me too i feel the same way and i'm a fan of your work you know i've read the blog i have we talked a little bit and um i listen to your podcast i love it
2: well thank you i appreciate it i appreciate it i've listened to yours too so i'm a fan i'm a fan of yours i forgot it was it was one episode i listened to oh man when was that i know it was a while ago now and i forgot which episode it was but um Mm -hmm it really got me it really got me hooked I kind of want to look for it now <laughs> uh, so but I, I listened to your yeah I listened to it I think it was like back in February or, or March I want to say uh, mm-hmm. and I was like okay I gotta I gotta keep this in my rotation so
1: oh thank uh, you I appreciate that thank you
2: you're
1: welcome yep. uh, so where are you from
2: so I'm from Detroit uh, Detroit, Michigan. Um, pretty much born, yeah, born and married ra- Let me not say pretty much born and raised. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> living here all my life. Uh, so, um, it's been, you know, there was a, a point in time I think for me that, especially here in Michigan, if if you've ever been or if you ever if you if you know anyone from Detroit, that I think we all go through this phase, and maybe everyone does, where like you're like, I want to get out of this home, my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, after a while, I kind of decided to stay because it just—I don't know, you know—universe, um, fate. is it, it, strange. It's really strange. And, and I used to want to be really bad, but it's just—it's something that tells me that for now is you know it, it's a place that I need to stay. So I've been here ever since.
1: Okay, I kind of am not shocked that you said you're from Detroit because I can hear it in your accent. I have a friend that uh, she's also a podcaster and she has like the same accent and i was listening to your podcast i was like oh we got a little it sounds like a detroit accent <laughs> yeah
2: yeah we we're we we got to we have a certain accent a certain sound we don't i don't really think about it
1: mm-hmm.
2: but it's almost kind of like a, um like slightly country but not country mm-hmm uh, kind of uh, uh, you know accent to it so it's, it's really it's really strange man it's funny how that is though, with, within b- various cities and areas everybody has their own accent
1: and you know, yeah that's song. true because I'm, I'm from baltimore and people say we have an accent too, but i don't i don't hear it i don't notice it
2: yeah you guys definitely have an accent and you know the so the funny thing is um uh, one of the pa- one of the podcasts i like to listen to is uh chilling with juice shout out to juice but mm-hmm. It's, it's funny when I first got into podcasting and I, I started my Instagram page, you know, and everybody slowly trickles in and you start you start getting a following. Most most of the followers are, you know, fellow podcasters or people who are interested in it. And it's like everybody who's damn near everybody who's podcasting, at least I feel, is either from Baltimore or Texas, somewhere down south. Like, it's, it's funny, but the majority mm-hmm. of the I listen to are like, Baltimore, New Jersey, or somewhere in the south. So I'm like, it's it's funny how that works out.
1: Yeah, and I didn't realize it was so many podcasters from Baltimore because uh, I think somebody, um, the Barbie way, she had posted like, Where is everybody from? And so many people were like, Maryland and Baltimore. I was like, Oh my god, I didn't even know this.
2: Yes, it's it's a lot. There are a lot of you guys from, from Baltimore. So I'm almost like man if i really really want to blow up should i just move to baltimore and and start hosting my podcast
1: (laughs) guys that's where it's at (laughs) yeah so is what your well first of all tell us for those because i know because i listen to it all the time but tell the people the name of your podcast and what that all entails because it's dope
2: yeah so my podcast um it's barbershop based a barbershop based podcasting just uh, i like to give you know a little a little quick brief rundown usually when i talk to people about starting it and why i started it is because uh guys as men we have a lot of discussion in the barbershop and usually people view it as like it's probably stereotypical conversation where we talk about women and sports and getting our hair cut right that's that's Mm -hmm. probably everybody thinks but we talk about other things we talk about emotional issues we talk about relationships we do talk about obviously sports and and women and things like that that's what guys talk about but Mm -hmm. we also talk like you said mental health we talk about relationships we talk about our families and children we talk about our upbringing we talk about i've had conversations with my barber about like space you know and that kind of stuff religion Mm -hmm. i mean it just goes all over and the conversations we would have were like they're so dynamic and especially between my myself and my barber because we've known each other since before he was cutting hair um mm-hmm. uh, just always been like him and i our our connection has always just been these deep discussions and i would i would come in there and i'm like man these are these are things i need to capture like this is stuff that i feel like um would have impact to people and so that was what drove me and inspired me. Also, I was in a relationship at the time with someone who, you know, she was really into wanting to do blogs and stuff. So the, the combination between the two of them was like, yo, I, I'm a creative person. I've always been a creative person. I come from a creative family. I have an uncle who's an artist for a living. We've mm-hmm. all been able to I used to write music and stories when I was a kid. So those are the kind of things like that always drew me. And when I had people around me that were, um, you know the discussions that we had and then being with someone who was wanting to blog and, and get her ideas and thoughts out mm-hmm. maybe like you know you need to this is something you need to do um and so that that's where I, that's that's what inspired me to start it so that, that's what we do
1: i love that because when i first was reading about your podcast before i started listening i was like you know like most of us women we always wonder what men talk about in a barbershop, you know, we know what we talk about. We pretty much gossip in the bar- in the um, hair salon and stuff like that. We talk about men too, but we're all, I'm always curious like what men talk about, and I was shocked, and that's why I like it so much because you guys don't just talk about women. Like you talk about so much like current issues, political things, and so many things. And that's why I love it so much. And I think you're very intelligent and very well spoken, and your your guests are also always so dope and so you know talented. And I just I love it.
2: Thank you. Well, we try. We try, I I really appreciate that, and that that makes me happy to hear other people listen to the show and 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 say those kind of things. That lets me know that we're doing the right thing. So I appreciate yes.
1: that. Yeah. Now, tell me about your blog. Like, you have, how long have you been writing? I heard you said you used to write stories.
2: And yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm I'm, and it's it's kind of hard for me to say this because I I got into it, and then the pandemic happened, and I and I kind of stopped and I, I keep a journal so i have a journal and i, I write things um uh, in the journal and so there are things in there that i'm like i need to get back to there's one that actually that i wrote last week after um the start of the riots and protests and I just kind of sat down and and thought to myself like how do i feel and you know i went from there and i just started writing and that's one i want to put into uh on i I write on i was writing on medium.com and that's what i want to get on there but I, i started i really just started blogging back in march but writing is something that i've been doing since i was a kid because it was it was therapeutic for me especially um with me being younger and my mental health issues and not really understanding what was going on with me at the time and just wanting an outlet and like i said i our family, my entire family, is a creative family. Like damn near everyone in my family can draw or do some kind of art. Mm-hmm. And for me, art wasn't really my thing. I I love looking at it, but drawing and painting and those things, like it's it's a lot of work and a lot of concentration and things that I just I don't have the patience for. I got a short attention span.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but writing for me is an outlet that allows me to get the creative thoughts out out of my head and that's where i keep my my attention and focus it allows me to just kind of quiet everything that's going on around me and and just pour into it so when i was younger i used to write stories and like i said i write music i write poetry like it was if it was writing i would try to do it i just wanted to see if i could do it even if i wasn't good at it mm-hmm. um, but recently I started to get back into journaling. And as I was journaling, and I started to think about it's time to maybe start doing a blog, um, I didn't really know what I was going to say or what I was talk- going to talk about in the blog. And mm-hmm. it just, I'm going to be like, man, you have all this content um, from your journal. Why don't you just do that? You know, do that. Things that come to your mind that you write about. That's what people want to hear. So uh, that's that. And that's what I started doing.
1: Yes, I love that. Writing is such a it's such a freeing feeling because that's what i i started writing i started my blog before i started my podcast it's just that's like writing is just like my baby like i love it it's like it's so freeing
2: it is it it does so much for you and i always tell people and challenge people like even if you're not a writer or if you don't view yourself as a creative person um just write if it's it's so therapeutic it feels good write your thoughts you don't have Mm -hmm. to have to sit down and write a story Um, You don't have to sit down and try to write poetry, write something profound. It's not about that. It's about your feeling and emotion. And um, you know, when people are going through things and and for a lot of us it's really hard to express verbally our emotions um, you know and a lot of times we get uncomfortable even we don't want to talk to people about that because we don't know their reaction we don't know how they're going to view us or think of us so mm-hmm. I'm write it down you can put it in the journal no one ever has to see that journal but it just gives you so much freedom and s- such a good feeling so I always just like write you know sit down and write and, and just let it
1: go yes that's very true and that's great advice I love that yes now as far as your podcasting and your blogging is this something that you always wanted to do
2: um it's ironic but no (laughs) so just to i guess probably to embarrass myself a little bit here uh (laughs) when i was a kid uh like i said creativity has just always been in our family and music is a big thing for me if anybody knows me knows that music is very very dear and dear to my heart i listen to any and everything and i've always been like that because in in my household I had a mom who listened to, she she loved a lot of, like, modern jazz and acid jazz and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. as well. As and my father, he listened to pretty much everything. Like, I remember growing up, uh, being younger, and he would listen to Michael Jackson and Prince. But he would also listen to a lot of Parliament Funkadelic. Then he would play R.E.M. He would play Red Hot Chili Peppers and Queen. Then he'd be playing <laughs> Harley. And so it was like everything was playing at the house. Uh, mm-hmm. or whenever. And stuff. So uh, I used to love to, re- I was really into Michael Jackson just like every other kid was. But for me, it was different because I, I literally thought I was going to be Michael Jackson. Like I it was like, <laughs> it's Michael Jackson. I would obsess over his dance moves. Like I knew everything, and that dancing was was something that I really took on to. But as I kind of got older, as a young man, I kind of shied away from it because I always felt like, oh, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a young male you know dancing isn't isn't cool for me to do so I shied away from it unfortunately but I always just had this mind to like want to entertain and get mm-hmm. this creativity out and so podcasting kind of became that when I decided I wanted to like uh, you know start to start to, to get our thoughts out in the stuff that we discussed so this is another form of entertainment I feel like I'm doing the same thing that I wanted to do as a child uh, it's mm-hmm. just, just different, and I get to do that with that. I get to do that with blogging. Um, I'm trying to, you know, get my hands on blogging things like that. I want to eventually turn this podcast into an entire network, an internet-based network. So it's, it's for me, it's, it's all of that. It just it comes full circle back to that entertainment, entertainment that I wanted to do as a child.
1: Oh, nice! I love that. So, do you have like lost footage videos of you dancing like MJ? <laughs>
2: so in fact it's funny shout out to my friend angelique she was on she was on one of our earlier episodes and i've known angelique for a long time she's a big beyonce fan i'm the michael jackson fan so Mm -hmm. we've known each other from work we would always go back and forth about the bigger better artists it was joking but we would always go back and forth about that and there is a video i have out there somewhere my godmother has it from when i was in like a a elementary school uh um like talent show and mm-hmm. it was me, all of my friends and we did the jackson five because it was supposed to be like a 60s or 70s show or something like that so there, there's some footage out there somewhere
1: oh <laughs> okay nice okay so what was the best phase in your life
2: you said the best phase in my life mm-hmm. the best phase in my life I would honestly say over the past year and the reason why I say the best phase in my life or excuse me, let me not say the past year, more specifically, the past year and a half, because for me and I've talked about this on my show, mental health and stuff uh, is important to me. And it's important. I feel that that we talk about it more in the black community because I don't think it gets enough of a spotlight. And mm-hmm. with my struggles, I finally was able to embrace at 35 years old, was able to embrace that I'm, I'm going through something and I need to figure out what that is and going to therapy, learning how to work on myself, learning to find, um, you know, find out about my vices, learning to find out about who I was, really the things that triggered me. How to grow from there how to become a better person how to love more how to how to be happy um was a really huge thing for me and not only that the podcast has allowed me to do you know get a lot of the thoughts and ideas out that i i, I would hold in so this last year and a half for me like i feel like it's the best phase in my life because I, I don't i've never felt happier physically i feel the best i've ever felt in my life um You know, I'm much more open to the things that I wouldn't have been open for as a child. You know, my health and paying attention to that, building that strong relationship with my daughter uh, and and just kind of seeing myself stand up for things that I I didn't I didn't know, you know, five, 10 years ago, if I could really do like even what's going on in the world right now. I just participated in protests Mm -hmm. a few days ago. 10 years ago, if you would have asked me if this is something that I could see myself doing yet, yeah, Black issues matter to me, but I don't know if I would have been interested enough to to go out there and fight for issues that are directly affecting me. So just like I said, this last year and a half has for me has been a, a great eye-opening experience and I'm, I'm, really in lo- I'm really loving it.
1: Okay, that's nice. I love that you're able to talk about you know, mental health issues, because like you said, so many people, especially in the black community, we don't talk about those things and we need to, we have to, you know, we have to talk about those things and be, you know, open up more, more. And especially you being a man, and some men tend to not, um, you know, talk about those sensitive matters. I, I applaud you on that. I think that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. So let's get to some fun stuff, okay? <laughs> so, always I'm always curious about what men think about this you know um what are your thoughts on plastic surgery as far as women getting it
2: um well I'm let me let me just tell everybody I'm like a a free pretty much a free-spirited person so I believe in do what makes you happy um I'm not gonna say I'm for it but I'm not against it either if it's if it's what you need to to you know ha- be happy to feel beautiful um then do you i don't i don't necessarily have a preference to it if i met a woman and she told me that you know she has butt injections or whatever like if i'm getting to know her for who she is i don't think that's something that i'm really going to uh, you know, pay attention to now if it's a problem like if it's affecting her health or something like that or if it looks like disproportionate like you know mm-hmm. you need, you need a better surgeon you need to talk to somebody about that. Uh, <laughs> outside of that I, I I don't think i have a preference and honestly men and it's funny because this is a this is a barbershop discussion i'm pretty sure we've had before. but men talk a lot about women with weave and we talk about women with you know the, the, the butt shots and all that other stuff
1: mm-hmm. and
2: we've we've frowned upon it you know in a group or publicly or whatever. But if we meet, if we were to meet a woman with all of that, it, I don't know any of my friends who would, you know, meet someone that has that and they're like, I, I don't, I don't want that. Like if one of my, if one of my my boys met Nicki Minaj and Nicki Minaj wanted to get him a shot, they're not going to turn it down and say, oh, well, no, Nicki Minaj has, a, you know, her her butt's not mm-hmm.
1: real.
2: She has a, you know, her nose, she's had plastic surgery done on her nose. None of them are going to say, like, I don't want to talk to her. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of hype, I think, from us.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Now, would you share your passwords with your partner?
2: Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man, I might get in trouble. I I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily. So I don't necessarily think that it's it's, it's it's needed. I think that if it's if it's a need, then yeah. My problem with like sharing passwords and doing location uh sharing and all that other stuff like having your location on all the time so your partner constantly knows where that is where you are Mm -hmm. Uh, to me it bugs me a little bit because not that i'm trying to hide anything i'm not advocating that nor am i trying to tell everybody that oh when i'm in relationships i like to hide stuff but to me it's like it comes down to a trust issue if you really really trust me like, do you really need all that? I'm never going to ask my, my significant other for her passwords. I would never, I would never ask for, you know, her location. Like I would never, I would never get with someone and and say that I need that stuff from you because I I, I trust one another. I want us to be able to be in a space where we don't have to worry. Plus honestly, I like my free time. I'm an introvert. So Mm -hmm. I, but I also like to get out and have fun. I want to be able to go out and have fun and not have to worry about are you looking over my shoulder from afar? Plus, I you, gon- you go out. I'm not checking your location. I don't care. I want you to be out. I want you to have fun because I want this me time to myself anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> <go> do- <laughs> you. I don't care just as long as you don't come back in the house at four or five in the morning or the next day or something like that and just casually act like nothing happened. Other than that, like, do you?
1: Feel you yes yeah, space is healthy for any relationship and trust definitely you gotta have trust or you don't have anything
2: right people like nowadays everybody wants that and i think it comes down because too many people want ig twitter relationships and things like that mm-hmm. And everybody wants to make it seem like me and my man or me and my woman you know we we share everything we're so close that we have each other's passwords and this, that and all this other stuff and i'm like Yeah, but where's your freedom at? It's cool that you all are so in love that you share everything, but at what point in time do you have your freedom in your space? Because everybody, Mm -hmm. like, we all require that. So, you know, how's that working out?
1: Yeah, and that's too much work, too. Like, I got to log into this page. I got to log into my page. I got to go look at this. Like, that's a lot of work that, like, I don't want to be doing.
2: Exactly, exactly. And then it's like, you know, especially with the location sharing thing, like you're checking the location every few minutes and then you see where it's at and then you're trying to figure out where they're at, what they're doing. And I don't know, that's just too much stress to me anyway. Like, I, like again, yeah. I, I'm in my pre-mode, my mode of doing whatever the hell I'm doing. Like, I want to be in that mode. So I'm not picking up my phone every 10 minutes, like, what's going on? Where you at? What is she doing? Like, I'm not pausing my 2K. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> that's team too much. Like, like that's that's a bit too much. I can't, I can't do it. Mm-mm. Yeah, so I, I I feel you on that hundred percent. All right, so how? So I was talking to my friend Asia, same friend from Detroit. Shout out to Asia from Hey Friend Podcast. Um hey, we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about um, women being independent, and you know, some men being intimidated by that. Because I've been told before, like, you know, by by a couple of men that, you know, a woman who has all her stuff, you know, her, her own job, you know, maybe she's running her own business, just has her, her own everything, which I think is great. I think people should be independent. And he was like, you know, then that just tells us that you don't need a man and you don't need us. But he just said it in a very, his tone was just very like salty. So I want to ask you, like, how do you feel about women being um, independent? Is it intimidating to you?
2: I'm gonna say this: that ideology from men is the stupidest. I don't, I don't want to curse, but what I want to <laughs> say—it's all good. That ideology is the stupidest fucking ideology I've heard from men, and the reason why I say that is because what do you expect a woman to do, and until she finds that her knight in shining armor, like mm-hmm. do you expect her to be staying with her parents? Do you expect her to like still be trying to figure out her life? Like that's the thing that annoys me when men say that because I'm like, if you find a woman that's like she's still trying to figure it out at 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, however old she is, like you're gonna frown upon that. But at the same time, when you got a woman who she has her shit together, she's like she's going to school or she's graduated, she has a great job, she has her own place, own car, like she's living it, she's getting to go out of town, travel with her friends and have fun. I don't understand why that intimidates like you don't what at what where's where's the you know what at what point do you want this woman on the sliding scale like do you her at her lowest do you want her like in between that or do you want her at her highest I I almost feel like when guys say that it's like they want her on that middle place because they it's like a project thing but nobody Mm -hmm. has to build somebody like you don't really want to get with someone that you have to build will you find people that are broken and they need someone to like help them like get over the hump absolutely and i'm not saying like shy away from that person but why do you get with a person that's a, that that you have to build but then the thing is you get with that person now you're frustrated because now there's a lot of work you got to put in with this with this individual you know you, you're guiding on showing that's the a lot of stress and a lot of like so I think it's just it's a stupid idea that we are intimidated or we don't like the independent woman I, I would much rather prefer a woman that has everything going for because then I know that she's done the work to where once we get together like we can really make something happen Because mm-hmm. she, she's on it she's gonna be on top of whatever she has going on I'm gonna be on top of whatever I have going on so we come together with stuff like we're both gonna be on it and not like we both have the ability to hold each other accountable because she's held herself accountable, right? For all these years, I've held myself accountable for all these years. So you got two people who can sit down and be like, yo, like, what's going on? Like, you you said you wanted to go do this project and not that they're they're getting down on you. But what do you need from me? Like, how can I help? Let me push you. Let me push you. Let me do this. Let me do this. Because she's already known what it's like to have to push for herself. So she wants to push with you and vice versa. So, I mean i don't i don't get that notion of where where men think that is i don't think there's really to me i almost want to say there's really no such thing as, as like the quote-unquote independent woman or at least the idea and definition that we currently view it as not with so much negativity
1: mm-hmm. yeah i agree i mean i just i just i don't understand it and i, and I think i do think that there is a level of like not all men, of course, definitely not all men, but some men, I think they want, I think it has to do also with like control. You know what I mean? They want to be with someone who doesn't have anything. They want to feel like, oh, I I, I made you. If, if it's not for me, you wouldn't have this and that kind of mentality, which is crazy too. But I would think that, you know, you know, we all would want to be with someone that's independent. I mean, you know, I think that, I think that's amazing to, for anyone to have their own shit, you know? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. that's awesome
2: exactly like who wouldn't want that i don't get that like
1: right you,
2: you want to walk into a relationship like she got to borrow your car like you know what right. i'm saying like <laughs>
1: right I mean, and like you love like, laying on a couch you know not working and i mean come on this is what we're all working towards we need to have our own stuff that's what we should have right.
2: yeah i don't get it i really don't get it i really really don't get it
1: you'll be yeah. complaining
2: if you're buying everything for but then you'll be complaining also that you know that she if she's buying everything for herself you'll be complaining about it like what do you want right you know what i'm saying
1: right it's like come on i mean you're you're never satisfied you know but yeah i i agree yeah what is one dream you have yet to accomplish but you plan to accomplish
2: um hmm. there's quite a few um The biggest thing I would probably say right now, because I feel like doing this will give me everything I want is building out that network. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm currently in the process of actually doing it, but I want to achieve it to the point where I'm seeing the success. Um, I'm seeing the residuals come from it. I'm seeing the income being made, but I'm seeing my livelihood change. I'm also seeing that I'm impacting other people's lives. I'm seeing that I've put myself in a position to where um, I'm I'm not going to be on this earth one day. Right. So my daughter has something. And, you know, not to say that she has to do this. Maybe she wants to be involved in the business. Maybe she doesn't. But I know that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, that I've left her. And so so getting to that point of where it, it actually comes to fruition, not just me. Like right now, like I said, I'm in the beginning stages. I just filed my I've just got the LLC back, just got my logo for the business. Uh, it's, it's going from that point and to act to it actually being real and i'm actually seeing like things happen. I think that's the biggest dream that i want to accomplish so i could like i said leave something ultimate for my daughter.
1: Yes, and congrats on getting your LLC and your logo. That's that's important. I'm glad you brought that up cuz you know, everyone who has, you know, a business or whatever they're trying to do, i think that's very important. So, congrats to you on that.
2: Thank you. And it is hard and it's intimidating and scary, but you got to do it
1: yep get it done peeps all right what is your favorite quote and why
2: my favorite quote uh my favorite quote is a quote by mike tyson i'm probably not gonna get it exactly right and i don't i don't know why because i read it a thousand times but my favorite quote that he has is discipline is doing things the things that you hate but nonetheless doing them like you love it and that uh, struck a chord to me and Mike Tyson is I want everybody to know he's always kind of been this way everybody's made fun of him for his his voice and and everybody thinks he's not intelligent but he's always been a pretty intelligent guy and a pretty profound guy he has quotes like you know everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth and all of that stuff Uh, but that's big to me because what I learned out of that quote is when you look at anyone who's achieved any amount of success I don't look at people as lucky. As a matter of fact, I I really kind of dislike the word lucky mm-hmm. because I feel like the word lucky is a cop out to say that the only reason someone's achieved something is because they were lucky, not because they put in the hours or the not because they sacrificed time and and money and effort to get to where they were. If you look at anybody's story out there who has achieved any amount of success nine times out of ten unless that person was already born into wealth nine times out of ten you won't see too many people who will just have luck up on something Mm -hmm. like everything because they decided to put down and sacrifice something so that quote impacts me so much because it made me realize like you don't get lucky becoming a celebrity or or famous or you don't get lucky becoming a a prominent business owner or or figure in, in your community like There's nobody's story that's like that. Not one Beyonce. Never Beyonce is not lucky. Jay-Z isn't lucky. Steve jobs. Wasn't lucky. Um, Jeff Bezos. Bezos isn't lucky. Like those people are not lucky. They, they, they put in time and hours and work and went over and over and over and over and over things again until they perfected it and them doing what they did allowed them to achieve the success that they have now. And so, that's why that quote impacts me so much because a lot of things that we have to do until we get to the point of where we want to be in life, mm-hmm. you're probably not gonna like. You're not gonna like spending money. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna like being up all night working on the project and then having to get up again at six in the morning and go to work. You know, while meanwhile you just worked on a personal project until two in the morning. You know, you're not gonna want to do that. You're not gonna when you work out stuff. <clears throat> you know, it doesn't feel good in the meantime. You know that lifting doesn't feel good. It hurts. You know, the next day it hurts, so but you do it over because there's something you can achieve, and in order for you to achieve that, you gotta keep grinding and you gotta keep working.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with that, and I'm glad. First of all, you out here dropping gems, okay? <laughs> you are dropping some gems because you know, and even with this podcast thing, you know as podcasters, like I can't stress you enough, like you, you, your work ethic, that's what sets you apart you know your work ethic like it's not just oh I'm gonna turn on the mic and record no I'm thinking about what am I gonna say how is this going to Mm -hmm. impact the audience who am Mm -hmm. I gonna even down to who I who you know we invite on the show I mean all these things we're thinking about you have to think about these things you know before you put it out into the atmosphere you don't just want to oh I'm gonna do I'm just gonna start talking and recording no you have to put thought process in you know these things and and it's hard work, it's a lot of work. And so I, I'm so glad you, you you touched on that cause that's important. I don't think people, some people really don't understand how much work it takes into, you know, being Beyonce. Cause I'm a super Beyonce fan too, I love her. But you know, and a lot of people, you know, will criticize her and things like that. But like this woman, the amount of work that she puts in to what she does, like that's crazy. That's crazy work ethic.
2: Yeah, it's insane. And like you said, like I'm and I'm guilty of it with the podcast, too. When I first thought the idea of the podcast, I thought it was going to be simple. Get a couple of mics, um, you know, some recording equipment and let's go. But like you say, once you find the passion, if you're doing it for fun, then that's different. But yeah, if you're trying to grow your audience like I, I have I have schedules that I have for when people are coming on. I have three, four, five months worth of episodes, like just just out in my google docs and then i did look at those episodes and decide when do i want to do them and then I, I put them you know place them on a schedule and, and 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 thinking about the content i have like i have uh structures for how we're gonna how we're gonna present things and and how things are gonna be talked about and at what point point. and you're editing the episodes and you're doing all that. like you said this is it's work and it's time spent so when you look at that like you said beyonce is a grinder everybody will probably probably tell you oh beyonce is lucky are are there some talents that people are born with that others are not absolutely beyonce was born with an ability to sing right Mm -hmm. she was with certain natural abilities but she had to still harness those and and mature those because she was while she was able to be to sing you know as a as a uh, you know from birth her voice wasn't always what it is not you know so even with that or just recently the whole world just looked at you know michael jordan's documentary the 10-part series of the last dance everybody to that point looked at michael jackson or i'm sorry michael jordan as like lucky this is, he was just unbelievably lucky he was born with this talent this athletic ability and just being able to play basketball and all of this stuff. when you look at that story everything that michael jordan did to achieve the success he did was always him working. When he got cut from his high school basketball team, he went he went out and he worked. He worked. He worked. He worked. When he was getting knocked around by the Pistons, shout out to Detroit Pistons. When he was getting knocked around by the Pistons, he's like, I need to, I need to get bigger. I need to get stronger. Mm-hmm. So he worked on his body. he worked on his physical fitness. He worked on his mental, his mental, uh, his mental ability too, because he talked about having to, having to, uh, not, not feed into them when they fouled him so much. And going back and letting them know they were getting to him, he had to work on that stuff. He talked about playing against other people and and seeing how they operated and learning. Like I, I if I want to achieve or I want to get better, I need to get better here. You know, so he's not lucky. None of those guys are. None of those women are. They're, none of none of these people are. They mm-hmm. they work
1: That's important. Yes, you've got to put the work in. I, you know, I, I just just so important to me, and I know to you too. Like, and and when you you know when you first start out. Even with what we're doing When you first start out It's not going to be perfect But you you tweak stuff and, and you change stuff And you work at it And it's the same thing With a lot of artists You reinvent yourself You know And you try to figure out What you can do better How you can switch it up To keep people consuming What you're putting out So I agree
2: Yep And you're going if you, if, to If you're going to be good And you want to be good At what you do You're going to be doing that For the rest of your life You're always going to be If you're stagnant you know, if you're not growing, like they say, you're dying. So if you're sitting there at a point at a certain point, and you're like, oh, I feel like I've done everything I have can, Um, then don't be surprised at the results. If you're out, if you're working to be mediocre, you're going to get mediocre results. So you got to keep grinding and you got to keep doing it. And also the thing is, too, I like to tell people is there's going to be a lot of stuff that pisses you off. You're going to get frustrated. A lot of times Stuff is going to come out. You're, you're going to fail. You're going to feel like you didn't do good at it. So what? So what? Like, keep going.
1: hmm Yes. I agree, yes. keep Because there's been so many times where I wanted to be like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not podcasting. I ain't doing none of this. But you know what? I keep going because I love it. And then I know that it's not always going to be so rough. And I know that I just have to regroup and come back mm-hmm. and try again.
2: Yep. Yep. You know? That, that podcast blew up yes yeah. be all because when you when you when you had those days and those moments where you were like I'm tired
1: of this but you, you kept going yeah agreed yeah so i have to ask you in light of what's going on um how do you feel being a black man in america
2: being a black man in america is especially in the current climate right now is it's scary and it's frustrating and it's draining because the things that we're fighting for are human rights. That's all. It's that. Stupid. Nothing that we're asking for is beyond anyone, anyone's means. We're not asking for control of this country. We're not asking for dominance over anyone or anything. All we are asking for is is the same treatment that white people get. I want to be able to get or if I get pulled over by police, I don't want to get pulled over by police. Let me make sure I say that. But mm-hmm. if I get pulled over by police, I don't have to wonder, am I going to die? I want to be able to give you my information and get my citation and go on with my day. I don't want to have to worry. Are you going to pull me out of the car for some BS that you made up? I want to be able to know that I can go to a park with my daughter or myself. Yeah. And that someone's not going to call the police on me because they feel like I shouldn't be in that neighborhood. Um people don't understand how that feels and everyone thinks that this is just made up or it doesn't happen enough even now with cameras. I remember 15, 20 years ago there was we didn't have cameras and people would say that's got kind of, that kind of stuff doesn't happen like Rodney King was just an anomaly. Mm-hmm. That does not and I'm like, this has been going on in our community for years and years and years, way before Rodney King. It was just that Rodney King, someone just happened to be around with a video recorder. But nowadays, everyone has a smartphone. Everybody's smartphone has a camera on it. These incidents are being recorded, and yet the not the world, but our country is still turning a blind eye to it and not doing anything about it, and it's like acting like we're just we're just complaining for no reason, or we're making things up. Um, and it's ridiculous and then it's even more frustrating because when we ask for equal rights then we're now labeled as being ungrateful or we're labeled as being thugs mm-hmm. uh, it, you know it's like at what, what, at what point do we, do, we, do we does this country wake up and realize it's wrongdoing why do we have to ar- even have these arguments and then like what do you want me to do Like, if I'm quiet then I'm allowing for this injustice to happen if I say something, then I'm asking for too much. Even now with the protesting, like, everyone has everything to say about the protesting. Well, we're, we're protesting. Well, that's not how you how you should go about it. Okay, well, we're rioting now. Well, that's not how you should go about it. Well, we're going to speak up and say something. Oh, uh, we're tired of hearing you guys, like, talk about it. Just be quiet. Like, well, what do you want to the to, person to, to go about it? So it's just it's it's frustrating. Right. It's really, really great,
1: great. yeah. I really I'm always I always love to know what you know black men feel because you know. And I was telling um the other king I was talking to how it's you have the black people's experience as a whole as a community, and then you have the black woman uh experience, the black women's experience, and then you have the black man experience it's, it's it's different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm it's so different so yeah it's just it's just a lot right now that's going on and it's like you just can't win it's like you don't know what to do
2: exactly it's uh um, I just in the episode we just did and I just dropped the the, uh I just dropped or I used the Tupac drop in the beginning where he talked about you know food um and I had to to have this conversation with my daughter the other day which is a shame that I have to have this conversation with her Mm -hmm. I said, the Tupac analogy is great because I said, I took it and I broke it down into four phases based off of what he said. He's like, you know, I'm going to this hotel every day. I know you guys have food. I'm hungry. I, I'm looking through the door. I'm seeing you throw food around and everything, but you're telling me you don't have it. And he's like, you know, the first time I'm knocking on the door, I'm singing, we are hungry. Please let us in. And you keep telling me it's no food there. Second, a couple weeks, I'm going to come back, knock on the door, say, we hungry. Give us some food and you still not you know and i told her i said that's phase one phase one is the singing phase i feel like that's what we were in the 60s Mm -hmm. Two is the you know we're a little bit more upset and angry um but you know we're still gonna ask i feel like that we were doing that in the 90s he's like you know the other then after a few more weeks i'm gonna come in here and i'm gonna yo why let us in y'all like you get rowdy and i said it's crazy that you're seeing everything that's happening in the world right now um with the rockets and protests and, and how, how how passionate people are about it i feel like that's phase three and i'm like we're at phase three right now even though stuff is going on i feel like we're at phase three. he said phase four he talked to his, his uh, analogy he's like you know after a while after a year or so i'm it's like i'm picking a lot coming through the door blasting and like i said as as insane as it sounds we're not at phase four yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And phase four, you're beyond asking. You're beyond demanding. You're just going to take it. And right now we're demanding. If it's this continues, we're going to get to a point where we have to take it. And when we take it, there's going to be no negotiation. You can't come back and say, hey, now we want to give you guys a fair shake. Because we're going to be like, no, we tried that. We asked for it. It was that easy. You didn't want to give it to us. Now we gotta take it. And when we take it, it's not gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where we are in America right now. And this country has to realize that. Open his eyes to it and say that I want to help people and, and do that. Like I said, it's a human issue. This isn't a black or this is more this is beyond the black or white issue at this point. This is a human issue. Because we should be able to have the same rights as every other human being in this country does.
1: That's right. I agree. We should. It's so sad. It's just it's sad. And I have to have, you know, the conversation with my sons. I have two sons and I have a daughter. You know, and you have to have conversations with them. And it's like you shouldn't be having to have you having to, you know, have these conversations with them. But it, it's just sad.
2: Right, right. And that's the thing. Like, white people don't have to have these conversations with their sons and daughters. Like you and I have to sit down and, and tell our children that they're going to have to work way harder to achieve the same things that someone else is going to be able to achieve with ease. You know, that that those are like the things that we shouldn't have to talk about mm-hmm. this. Region. But I have to have that conversation. And I talked to my daughter, you know, I said, you're a black woman. And to me, I said, black women, I feel are the most, most marginalized group in this country. And I feel like white women are the most empowered. Mm-hmm. And, with, with that I said that not only are right now are you going to get it from from white people because I'm like white people are going to view you first of all you're black you know secondly you know, anytime you speak up or use your voice as a woman you're going to be considered an angry black woman people are going to look at you for your body and your shape like that's going to be the thing that defines you to them and I said unfortunately too you get it from us as black men because black men don't respect or care about our women enough like we, you hear it in raps, like rap rappers right now, they always talking about form, form, form. Like women of other colors or women of other uh, ethnicities purposely try to model themselves to look like black women. You see them tanning, you see them getting the butt injections, you mm-hmm. uh, know, um, uh, Botoxing to put things in their lips and their faces and things because they want that look that a black woman has so that they can come after your men and like with us we allow it i'm not saying that a person shouldn't love what they love if you fall in love with some race that's 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 you but that the reason that you meet that person or you're with that person should never be because you look at t- the race that's in front of you right now the race that you are and say that you're not good enough so you should never like i'm like a man should never look at a black woman and say determine that i want to marry a white woman not because i i this i met this great woman just you know hanging out or being out somewhere one day and she just so happened to be white no i'm choosing this white woman because i just think that you as a black woman you're just not good enough or i can only get so far in life being with someone like you until i get with someone like her and then all of a sudden i explode Mm -hmm. we we have better respect and uh, like uh, that's a conversation that i have to have with her and it's not a great conversation and then to tell her too like you might have a son or a husband one day and you're going to be scared when walking out the door because you're not going to know whether or not they're going to come back home not because you're worried about another black man taking life but because you're worried that your son is out playing basketball somewhere and somebody doesn't like him being on that court so they call the police on him and the police come up and shoot him or you have someone who just decides to be a vigilante and, and take it out on your 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 husband or your your son one day. Like those are those are it's, it's, these are conversations that we have to have and we shouldn't have to have. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like we have everyone coming at us from every angle, and it's it's a mm-hmm. lie. I've had, had the same you know talk with my daughter she's thirteen and we talked about those same things and you know it's just it's it's heavy for them to have to you know hear all of that and absorb. Mm-hmm. Such heavy subjects, but it has to be done because we have to make sure we prepare them and that we equip them, you know, with the right tools, you know. Right. Right. So exactly. But yeah, but thank you for your, you know, sharing your, your perspective. I always love to hear what you know men have to say about that. Yeah. That's important. Yes, that's that's the one of the reasons why I wanted to do this because I do talk to a lot of women but I'm like I want to talk to some men and get their perspectives because you you know you guys what you think and feel is just as important and you know mm-hmm. people and another reason is because you know of the way the media portrays us um, especially mm-hmm. black men you know I don't like it and so I can do my small part and I can you know help to change that narrative a little bit you know because it's not what they how they portray us it's just not true you know it, it's it's false so i'm like exactly. i want to find some men out here that are doing some amazing things you know and we're going to start to change this narrative because it's not right and we can control that
2: yes yes and that's the that's the thing it's important that you said that like we can't control it. and i i always say that to my child i say never ever use a white person as an excuse we can't get to a point, we, we have to get past the point of saying, you know, like like the old saying goes, the man, the man, the man. Like you can't use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. The man or the man did that, and this is the reason why I am where I am. No, you know, break that barrier. If if the man indeed is trying to hold you back from something, then kick that damn door down. Yeah. Like don't don't wait for an opportunity. Like seize it and take it. Because they're not going to respect you until you make them respect you. And that's the unfortunate thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. So now comes the time where I do this segment. It's called unpack your box. So I give my guests like a minute, you know, however long, whatever, however long you want to take just a vent or some final thoughts, whatever you want to say, like whatever you want to unpack. Yeah. Mm-hmm
2: i do i'm glad that you, you give this opportunity so there's something i do want to say and it's, it's along the lines of these protests um and the things that are happening in our communities right now i've seen some companies actually there's a few things i want to break down when it comes to 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 all of this um first and foremost celebrities don't put your stock in anything that they have to say right now because there are a lot of them that are are doing or keeping their mouth shut because they're worried about their brands and everything like that. But at the same time, do not defend them. Don't defend them. I saw someone the other day on Twitter defending this guy. I don't even know what he's famous for. Um, guy down in Atlanta, but he was on his, his feed talking about how he had to pay for a makeup artist and how he had to pay a stylist and he had to pay, um, for these clothes for him and his sister to protest and then they got a photographer and then you see the pictures that they took it was a staged protest Mm -hmm. but he argued that he was doing his part for the protest because he had to spend his money on these on these things like you no, you're doing it for clout and i saw someone defend him and say that well maybe he didn't want to go out there because uh, he's and he's worried that he would be attacked and marginalized because of that so here's a couple of things here's a couple of reasons why you're wrong first and foremost he's he's in Atlanta. okay so let's just let's get that out the way secondly people are protesting about human rights issues so i, I was just at a protest the other day and i saw a bunch of people with rainbow flags i saw a bunch of people professing their sexuality that's not an excuse but yet yeah, he they got pictures of him going in a grocery store dressed like whatever. But you gotta go out to this protest because and, and get and get in your in your Sunday's best. Excuse me. I didn't know a protest was a day party. Right. So yeah. like, no, that's not a, that's not an excuse. So don't make excuses for him. Another thing I want to say too, along the lines of making excuses, that these these corporations, there are some corporations that have stepped up and come out and said that we stand with black lives. We stand with the group because these are people that are making us millions. Black people have the most buying power in this country. We spend more money on 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 on, on products than anyone. Okay. So we make a lot of these companies their millions and billions that they have. So I commend the ones that are standing up for us. But while everyone is is feeling sorry for Target and Wendy's and all of these other places that are getting burned down and I get people saying, well it's in our community within our community so that's why we shouldn't do it. I'm gonna say this, and it's it might be divisive or whatever, but Target is not even if it's even if it's one in in within your community. Target is not a part of your community. Wendy's is not a part of your community. And the reason why I say that is because Target, uh, Meyer, a lot of these a lot of these big um, retail stores and other companies that are now moving into these cities did not care about our cities and moving into them until they got gentrified. So Target is not a part of your community. Let's make no mistake about that. Mm-hmm. And as far as these and other fast food restaurants go, they've been pumping poison into our into our neighborhoods for years and years and years and years and years. So you feel bad about a corporation. For one, they're making millions and millions of dollars off of us, but have not they haven't stood up yet to release a statement saying that they support Black lives. You want to feel sorry for them, but this is the same co- company that's also made its millions and billions of dollars mostly in our neighborhoods yeah they're in there they're in other but mostly in our neighborhoods and i think about that with where i live right now in detroit there are three Wendy's in about a mile and a half radius from not a mile and a half radius but about a mile and a half from where i stay in three different directions one south of me one north of me and one east of me all a mile within a mile and a half so that tells you how much they are in our neighborhoods. I, I think about if I go up out to it's a, it's a suburb called Southfield, which is mostly black. Southfield is a black community. Mm-hmm. You drive up one four mile stretch. And I counted it in my head today. There's about six fast food restaurants up that one four mile stretch, which is about the distance that Southfield is usually, You know, if you look at it on a map and uh, you go on square mile, it's about four miles you no know, four miles. Uh, uh, I want to say from from south to north. I, I can't. I don't know from east to west, but from south to north at least it's four miles. And you drive up the stretch of Telegraph, and there's six restaurants, six fast food restaurants just up at up that stretch. But I think about once you get to 13 mile, and there's a suburb called West Bloomfield, affluent suburb, a lot of big homes, a lot of rich people, mostly white community. Mm-hmm. You drive six or seven miles up same stretch of road, Telegraph. And that that that's a little bit bigger of a bigger suburb six or seven miles and i'm like i can count maybe maybe two fast food restaurants within that six mile stretch so i'm like that tells you a lot you're pumping that stuff into our community mm-hmm. but then you want to after them getting burned down mind you that same mcdonald's burger king wendy's they have yet to release a statement but they make the majority of our money their money from us. so like let's let's get away from let's get away from that stop making excuses for them again i i get we don't want to burn down our communities and i'm saying that and I, and I and i and i and i i stand with that don't burn down the local neighborhood black businesses support those businesses protect those businesses but i do not feel sorry for target i don't feel sorry for wendy's i don't feel sorry for any other corporate company who's experienced a loss here because they don't care you're not releasing any statements to say that Here, here's what we we'll decide we're on they're not putting their dollars to politicians and saying that we need to we need to change the law so we can make it more proportionate we're not doing any of that stuff you're gladly taking your dollars and those million and billion dollar companies that we're don't burning down and all this other stuff guess what they're going to be all right they have
0: insurance
2: mm-hmm. I target that they burn down in Minneapolis they they'll they'll clean up that site and another target will be there within the next year and a half if not they'll do it down the road somewhere that's all that's, that's true be. so like don't we need to get up off of that and realize who who truly is for us and who's not i
1: agree i agree with all of that yes you you I really enjoyed talking to you. You are really dry. And I hope the listeners are listening because you really, you know, you just said some great things. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. So tell the people where they can keep up with you because I want them to make sure that they can listen to your podcast Not all that good stuff.
2: Sure. So you guys can find the podcast is pretty much everywhere. Um, the only place it's not is, ironically, on SoundCloud. I need to put it on SoundCloud. <laughs> if- I just found out they got podcasts on title, so I'm gonna try to figure out how to get them on title. And once I do that, I'm gonna make sure I share the information with the community. But everybody, you can find me, find the podcast pretty much on anywhere you stream podcasts. Also, um follow us on on Instagram at the fade up podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Fade Up Podcast. My personal ID and Twitter is at BirdmanBrain84. We also got our fan page on on um on Facebook, uh the Fade Up Podcast. So Find us there. I I try to put my blogs on medium.com. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to get better with that, more consistent. Um, So see some new stuff coming from that soon too.
1: Yes. Make sure you guys follow him, support him. He's dope. He's super talented. I'm a fan. I can't wait to see what you're going to drop on the blog, you know, because I really enjoyed the one that you dropped before. I think we were talking about that a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to all that. I think I truly think that you're amazing like i love everything that you're doing keep doing it keep speaking the truth i love it
2: thank you i really appreciate that and i meant to say to the episodes that i have fell in love with on your podcast for the uh the queen the queen series i love that i I love when you guys like you know uh get together and and do stuff for black women period i love when you do that but uh, oh thank you that that i that i love so
1: Oh, thank you so much. I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Just, you know, having those real conversations and just women coming together. I love it. You know, we, we got to come together more.
2: Yes, yes. I'll I'll, get, I'll commend you guys at the fact that, and I wrote that in the blog, that you guys do that a little bit. Um, you guys do that a little bit better than we do, I feel like. Yeah. You guys do that a little bit. Better than
1: we do. But you know what? You could be the one to change that and i think i told you that before we were talking about that yep
2: yep and that's what i'm trying to do that's That's what i'm trying to
1: yes well thank you so much for coming on the show all right y'all we about to be out
2: thank you thanks for having me on um guys stay cool keep fighting out there um and, and, and at the same time find your happiness
1: yes definitely Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Shout out to L.M. Bennett for bringing us in with that beautiful intro. And shout out to King Brynn for coming past to chop it up with me. I appreciate you both. Make sure y'all support and follow them both. Thank you so much for all the support. I see you. I feel you. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Always feeling so blessed, y'all. Keep up with your girl at unpacking underscore the underscore box underscore podcast on Instagram. Be well.